Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Luke 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Don't move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you'll go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. The seventy-two returned with joy and said, Look, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but didn't see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbour as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you'll live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbour? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, when he was attacked by robbers. 
They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. We are pretty much halfway through Luke now, And he has laid out ample evidence of Jesus' personality, his birth, his baptism, his miracles, his transfiguration, and his plan. Luke 4 told us the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then he sent out the 12 in Luke 10. We must mark as read that Jesus is the humble, empowered one who empowers people to humbly spread all the fruit of his salvation all across the globe. Assuming that case has been made, Luke begins to expose key distinctives Christians need to cling to if they are indeed to be the kingdom. We've already noted Jesus' penchant for people who persevere, for people who don't easily take their hand off the plough of showing mercy to others. Part-time practitioners need not apply. In this chapter, and leaking into the next, we find Jesus going on about the one thing that is needed, the distinctive behind all the distinctives. Thank the Lord, it's not housework. With the anecdote about Martha and Mary, Jesus elevates the call to intimacy with God above everything else. Intimate obedience to the Father is the kingdom. In this gospel, Luke is very careful to show Jesus repeatedly popping off to pray. In Acts, Luke shows the church repeatedly stopping everything to pray. What more is there to say about this? Jesus prayed with intimacy and dependence, and Jesus wants his followers to pray with intimacy and dependence. Scratch that. It's a statement that's too general and easy to wriggle away from. Let's try this instead. Jesus wants me to pray with intimacy and dependence. He wants me to learn to live in intimacy with him, free from stress and worry about many things. He wants the same for you. 
He wants this kind of prayer to be the distinctive of our lives. He wants this for us because it's the best thing. It is what it is to be truly human. Oh God, please would you teach us to pray. Question for reflection. What simple achievable step could you take to upgrade your prayer life and grow in intimacy with God? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.